This is Long Story Short from the Connecticut Mirror and WSHU Public Radio. I'm Ebon Udang. You can read the stories we feature at ctmirror.org and wshu.org. Andrew Brown is an investigative reporter with the Connecticut Mirror. He joins us to talk about his article, A Connecticut Group Home Director Wants to Cash In on Her State-Funded Properties. This is a fascinating story. Could you please tell us who Margaret Winkley is and why there are questions about her selling the properties? So Margaret Winkley is currently the executive director of two nonprofits um, called Brian House and Adult Vocational Programs, Inc. Um, Those organizations serve um, individuals in Connecticut who are developmentally disabled, um, and they house those people and also provide day programs in which um, those individuals can go out into the community, earn some wages, and, and learn job skills. So basically, in the mid-80s, uh, the state decided to get out of the housing of the dis- developmentally disabled and move them into privately owned group homes, right? That's correct. There was court orders and a general movement um, around that time to move people out of centralized institutions where they were housed for decades, um, sometimes in poor living conditions. It, it was a general effort to move developmentally disabled people back into the communities closer to their families and essentially out of hospitalized institutions. Now, the Winkleys were pioneers in, uh, in running private group homes. And uh, could you just tell us a little bit about how it was set up so that you, you'd have a situation where a private home was paid for by the state? Sure. So the Winkleys started forming their group homes and purchasing them in the early 1980s and up until 1990. They purchased eight different houses, retrofitted them so that they would be ready to place clients in. And throughout that, the state was paying um, and the federal government through Medicaid funds to house those people there. It was, again, a government-funded effort to move people out of these institutions where they had historically been housed. They were paying to house them there, but but also they were paying for uh, the upkeep of those buildings, and they were paying for the mortgages. That's correct. Uh, the group homes essentially were, though they were private, um, were serving as a public good, right? They were they were a public service to the state of Connecticut who needed to house these people. And the oddity here is that unlike some other um, nonprofits and, and private institutions that sprung up around this time, the Winkleys set up their group home operations in which they ran the nonprofits, but all of the properties, all of these eight group homes where they located people with developmental disabilities they personally owned. They were the ones that took out the mortgage. Their family was the one that held the deeds for the, these properties. And that continued up until today, um, 40 years later. Now, even the office space uh, that the group home had was privately owned by the Winkleys and rented out to the nonprofit? That's correct. The nonprofit's employees, Brian House and AVP Inc., used that office space, uh, but it was actually owned by Mal and Margaret Winkley, who worked as the executive directors of those nonprofits. The nonprofits helped 
them to purchase that office space. They posted collateral so that the family could get a loan to buy that property. The family then rented that office space back to the nonprofits that they ran for decades, wow. uh, essentially paying for the mortgage again and and all of the taxes that were required to upkeep that property. Now, Andrew, in 1999, there was an audit report on all of this, and these things were these practices were called out. Why wasn't anything done? It's hard to say. There was an earlier contract that the state signed with um, the Winkleys in 1995, in which they said that as long as the family wasn't charging any additional profit uh, above what they paid for their monthly mortgage payment and their yearly taxes on these properties, that the state wouldn't require them to essentially change the ownership so that the nonprofits controlled the properties and the homes. The state told me uh, this year that it was all legal and essentially condoned by the state of Connecticut. After that 1999 ethics decision that you cited, the State Department of Developmental Services set up a special ethics committee um, that is supposed to screen and kind of review any type of contract or relationship like this. Um, And so the state began to screen out other private group home managers who may have been essentially self-dealing with other companies that they owned. Now, the, the, um, Winkley wants to retire, and she'd like to sell these homes, and she feels that she should be rewarded for the services she's provided the state over the years, uh, and, and that actually having those group homes saved the state money. Where do we stand here? I mean, is she going to be able to go ahead and do this? I honestly don't know. I mean, she she posed the question back to me whenever I interviewed her. She asked, you know, what would be fair? Would it be fair for her to be able to sell five of the homes and take $2.4 million or so um, into retirement? I didn't know how to answer that for her. She very clearly, though, communicated to me, she believes that you know, they're in the legal clear here to be able to sell these homes once the individuals in those homes are moved. I don't know whether the state has the ability to try to make sure that these group homes continue to operate and continue to serve clients with disabilities. What was communicated to the employees of Bryan House and adult vocational programs last year was that they would be seeking new housing options for these people. That could mean that they won't be located in a a group home, which usually serves like five or six people, right? Um, They could be moved into smaller group living arrangements in which there's maybe two or three people in an apartment somewhere. They, They would essentially have to go out and the nonprofits would have to use the state and federal money that they receive to rent properties from someone else and find new locations to be able to house and care for these people. So basically, the bottom line is that the equity goes to the private individuals and not to the group home business. That's correct. The nonprofits, had they controlled these group homes and owned them, the money would have gone back into the private group home operations. The way it's set up right now is if Winkley and her children who are named on some of the property records, if they sell these homes, they would take the money and the nonprofits would have no legal means to be able to claim part of that 
profit off the sale of, of those homes. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. Andrew Brown is an investigative reporter with the Connecticut Mirror. His article is titled, A Connecticut Group Home Director Wants to Cash In on Her State-Funded Properties. Long Story Short comes from WSHU Public Radio and the Connecticut Mirror. You can read the stories we feature at ctmirror.org or wshu.org. I'm Eban Udam.